morning. We'll go ahead. Uh, did uh, everybody get a bulletin? Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. Be with us today, Lord, as we get into your word, as we worship you in song and in fellowship, Lord. And again, I, I so look forward every Sunday to be with my family. Lord, I just, uh, again, I just wish every day was Sunday, Lord, and I realize that that's not the case, but uh, just, again, it just makes it so nice to come together every Sunday. Be with us today, Lord, as we uh, get into uh, your word and help us to open up our hearts, Lord, to uh, apply what we learn, not just to be uh, listeners or observers, but to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name I do pray, amen. Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. Let's stand together and sing to our King. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm going to sing wherever I go. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm going to sing wherever I go. God is for me, He's not against me. I will hold to the plans He has for me. When I'm broken, He will fix me. I will call on the name of the Lord. All my life, all I know, God's been good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. He's my heart song in my sorrow. He's my hope and my strength for tomorrow. When the storms rise all around me, I will call on the name of the Lord. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. Cause I've got joy, joy, joy deep in my soul. And I will sing, sing, sing wherever I go. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. I think everybody got a bulletin. Um, real quick, again, the Indian Bible College uh, recruiting and fundraising event that's coming up on the 7th. And um, it was Mark that reminded me that uh, we were going to start Bible study on the 7th, so obviously we can't start it then. So uh, we'll, we'll pick it back up on March 21st, uh, the Bible study in the book of Revelation with the Indian Bible College. So there's a flyer in the back. There's also a list 
of uh, the people that we need to uh, house. And so there's four males, three females, uh, a married couple, and uh, the IBC president will be here. And so um, I know a few people have already volunteered uh, their house. Uh, we still need room for about uh, five or six more folks. And so if you could house uh, one or two, uh, that'd be great. Uh, we just, we like to bless them with uh, lodging so they don't have to worry about a hotel room here when they're here. And so the, the list of the folks are back there. And, and just get with me if you want to do that. Let's see. Um, I handed out uh, a deal. It's the um, first, the uh, chapter on temptation. It's a really good book, really good chapter. Also, you see there's uh, um, some information about renting a uh, building. There, we're going to have a quick little huddle um, on that after just kind of why we're uh, going that direction uh, right after church, um, maybe maybe 10 or 15 minutes just to talk about that, um, and we'll move on from there. And so with that, wasn't there a birthday recently for somebody? What's that? Oh yeah, Cedar's birthday was yesterday, and wasn't there somebody else who had a birthday recently? No, what am I thinking? Maybe maybe that was another. Maybe it's the marriage retreat or something, I'm not sure. So, okay, well, well, let's sing happy birthday to Cedar, even though he's not here. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Cedar, happy birthday to you, and, some, and anybody else who's not telling me their birthday. Uh, how about anniversaries, wedding anniversaries? Okay. Um, and also, we, we celebrate uh, the people who have chosen a, a, the gifting of being single as well. That's actually really important as well. And so we also uh, um, commemorate the singleness of people. I think that's uh, all for announcements. Am I missing anything in announcements? Oh, yes. Katie. Amen. Yeah, so they were uh, given the original date for the country store to move out because they sold the building was the end of May, and it actually got bumped up to March 11th, and so a real time crunch there. They are uh, moving into the building just half a block down into the old Odyssey Glass building, and uh, Mr. Green's I'm currently renovating that. It sounds like it might be ready uh, for uh, to be moved into or, or close to it, and so going to really need a big push that that week uh, with with muscle and screw guns to get all that stuff over to the uh, over to the new location. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that, Kitty. I appreciate it. Any other announcements that I'm missing? Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and we'll go to our prayer requests and praises. I would just like to share praise for the marriage retreat. Um, it was pretty amazing, as as always. I uh, really enjoyed it. I love the fellowship. 
Um, I just love the the uh, the togetherness and the and the biblical teaching of um, of a marriage and what it is and what it isn't and how to apply that in a in in a real practical way. And so um, I highly encourage you. I, they already have the date for next year, it's January 31st and the first. Of course, I'll be advertising that like I always do. But put it in your calendar now. You, you have to put those those uh, dates on your calendar way ahead of time so you can protect the, uh, that date. And so the, uh, the Cottles were over there, and uh, the Clones were over there. We had a great time, um, and just wonderful, wonderful, um, a biblical teaching on marriage. And so, I uh, just uh, praise the Lord for that. Uh, Wyatt, did you have your, your hand up? Yes, absolutely. All right. Pray for those who are sick, and um, again, including my wife. She was over there, and she got something, some tummy, something or other, and she was stuck in the hotel room. And so, um, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about, uh, you know, her thyroid stuff is getting better, but um, it seems like there's just a ton of sickness, and we lost about a dozen folks that were actually coming to the marriage retreat from from sickness. But just pray for healing for uh, all those who are sick. Okay. Yes. Pray for the Kaufmans. And for those who are traveling. All right, other prayer requests, praises? Yes, Liam. What's that? Yes, for the Rouches, absolutely. Other praises or prayer requests? All right, I would like to just coming off the marriage retreat, I would like to pray for marriages as well. Satan is definitely attacking. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we come to you in praise and thanksgiving, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity to be with our brothers and sisters at the marriage retreat, Lord, just the fellowship and the sharing meals together, Lord, and the uh, just learning on on uh, about what you have in your word about marriage, Lord. I just ask that you would continue to bless the marriage retreat, Lord. I just, uh, um, get, again, I'm just so energized every year, Lord, and so thankful for that. Lord, we pray uh, for the sick, Lord. I pray for my wife, Lord, also that she would go over this uh, the sickness that she has and the other folks that are uh, sick and suffering from diseases or um, ailments or some kind of chronic thing, Lord. Lord, we pray for um, those who are stuck in addiction, Lord. I just ask that you would um, just lead them to the answer. That answer is you. That answer is your son who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, we uh, pray for uh, safe travels uh, for the Kaufmans, Lord, for Dave and Barbara. Just be with them as they're on the road, Lord, and I would ask that you just uh, keep them safe and just keep the timing right, Lord. Uh, and also uh, um, lead those, uh, those impromptu uh, um, uh, moments where they can meet people and maybe a fellow brother, sister in Christ, or somebody who needs to hear Christ. I, I'm here by Christ. And I pray that prayer for every one of us, Lord, that you would lead us to those gospel-sharing events, Lord. Lord, we pray for the raptures, Lord. We pray for all the missionaries, Lord. You be with them. Keep them strong, Lord. Keep them well-funded, Lord. And keep them moving forward with what your mission for them is, Lord. And not all of us are 
call to go to Africa or um, some other country or uh, uh, Scotland. Or, uh, but Lord, you've put that in their heart, Lord. And so we're so thankful to partner with them, Lord, to be praying for them, Lord, uh, that uh, your name would be proclaimed all over the world. Lord, we pray for the marriages, Lord. Just uh, ask that you would uh, protect the marriages, Lord. I ask that you would restore those that are broken, Lord. I just uh, ask that you would help us to uh, learn to be better communicators according to what your word says, Lord, to be to be kind and, and to be patient, Lord. And I just, again, thank you for your word. It's Your word is complete for us, Lord. All we have to do is just look uh, to your word and figure out how we're supposed to act and what to do and, and to believe. And so, Lord, we're so blessed by having the full counsel of the word of God with us today. Lord, bless the rest of the service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So just real quick before we get started, I will say I want to echo a little bit about what Jeremy said about the marriage retreat. Honestly, I was a little reluctant to go, not knowing what to expect. I envisioned these small little groups and having to do a lot of talking and, and thing, and it was nothing like that. I think Jeremy said this morning there was 170 people in the room, and I can't speak highly enough of the quality of the biblical instruction that we received over those two days, so day and a half. So I'd highly encourage anybody uh, to attend that next year. So that's my plug. All right, so as we get going this morning with worship, um, I just want us to think about, there's, script, there's a scripture, and I don't have it off the top of my head, but it talks about being a peculiar people. Um, and uh, I always kind of smile at that and think about, do the people that I run into on a daily basis, whether it be at work or somebody I've never met before, do they look at me and think, there's something different about him? Is there something different about you all when you run into people? Um, we're going to read uh, Psalms 113 together this morning as we go into worship, and it says that we should praise his name around the clock, basically, 24-7. If we're doing that, we're definitely going to be peculiar. <laughs> And people will wonder and want to know why we're so joyful. So let's stand together and read uh, Psalms 113 together. I'll read verse 1, you two, verse 2, and so on. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, and His glory above the heavens. Who is like unto God, our, our God, who dwelleth on high? Who humbleth Himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth. He raised up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. That he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. And everybody said, Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Let's worship him today. As we lift up our hands, will you meet us here as we call on your name? 
we meet us here, we have come to this place to worship you, God of mercy and grace. It is you we adore, it is you, praises are for only you. Blessed be your name, 
in the land that is plentiful, where the streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Shining down on me, and the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Father, we just love You and praise You this morning. Thank You for Your Word that gives us direction, Lord. Lord, I just pray that we have those opportunities each and every day to share about You with someone. Lord, to share that You are the only way to have hope. Not only hope for life here, but life beyond here, Lord. By Your blood, we can be saved. And by that only. Lord, we just love You and praise You for that this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. And I hear 
the Savior say Thy strength indeed is small Child of weakness watch and pray Find in me thine all in all Cause Jesus paid it all Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed 
it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Jesus. All right, go ahead and be seated. We'll have the kids come up. <clears throat> Did I just hear a cowbell? <laughs> I got a cowbell back back there. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, be with the children, be with the Sunday school teachers. Lord, I just thank you again for all the servant leaders in this church that volunteer to teach the children in our church. Lord, it's such an important role, Lord. In fact, it's probably, probably even more important than me standing up here preaching to the adults. Lord, just help us to grow the next generation, Lord. Help us to teach them um, in your word, Lord, according to what it says. And Lord, as we get into your word today here in adult church, that we would continue to keep our open hearts, Lord. We come to the kingdom as children and just help us to throw away any preconceived ideas and thoughts. And well, I saw this on TV from my favorite uh, commentator. And so that's just what I believe. Lord, just your word supersedes everything. And so we just submit to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. I really do do have a cowbell here. If anybody's interested, I'm not allowed to do that during the worship song because I just go crazy with it. All right. Well, we are in the book of First Corinthians, and I want to apologize. The last two Sundays, it's been more of a hey, this is what you know what not to do, with not a lot of of what to do, and so. We're going to spend this Sunday on one verse. Uh, turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 10, 13, to make up for those, the last two Sundays. I haven't been able to really get, get into the application of what to do today. So 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Go ahead and read that there. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And so I think it's really important that we look at that verse and we look at the past uh, verses we've been in chapter 10, say, hey, you know, don't do, um, do, um, don't do this. Look at the Israelites. Look what they did. Don't do that. And uh, Paul gives a consolation here, verse really important, the application and, and, the, and, and that joy and that trust and that assurance that you will be not tempted beyond uh, what you can bear. And so, um, again, just looking at this, if you don't have God, you will be tempted more than what you can bear. It is God that makes the provision. It is God that makes the path. And so I think remembering that and applying it to our lives today because everybody's tempted. Um, there is no special circumstances. And sometimes you hear on TV and you're, uh, you may hear, especially in Christian ministry, where there's a, there's a fallen leader or a pastor. He's like, I was just, 
you know, the demons were, were just, uh, just tempting me so hard that I just couldn't bear it. It was unbearable. There was just, uh, uh, that, that no other man ha- has experienced such temptation as I. Like, well, no, that's, that's not true. According to 1 Corinthians 10, 10, 13, there is a path. And God creates that path. But I want to get into that word temptation because we, we assign a lot of that. Whenever you heard the word, the word temptation, you think evil. You think, well, I was, I was tempted to do this bad thing. I was uh, tempted to, uh, to do that. But um, if you look at the Greek word, it, it's actually it means a couple things. It could be uh, trials, tests, or, or temptations. It's the same word. And we'll learn today it's the context that changes the meaning of the verse. And so, again, whenever you see the words temptation, trial, or test in the New Testament, the same Greek word is used. The word is uh, parosmos. The word is a neutral word. There is no good or evil assigned to the word. It is neither good nor bad. Depending on the English translation of the Bible you were using, you may see words like, again, temptation, to prove, testing, trial, or, or some other word that's similar to that. Its moral assignment comes from the context in which the word parosmos is used in the scripture. The most telling clue to determine the context of the use is its source. God will not tempt you to evil. That will not happen. That will never, ever happen. But who, who tempts you to evil? Well, either it's yourself or it's Satan. It's, it's the sin in yourself. You don't need Satan to sin. We have sin nature in us. So the source for tempting to evil, to do evil things, either comes from you or it comes from Satan or, um, or his demons. I want to look at the positive side of it first, and then we'll look at the negative side. So the trial, so parosmos in the positive sense means to trial or test. The source comes from God, or is simply a problem test challenge that is common to man, having no good or evil source. I think a good example of that is, you know, finances. Oh man, I'm just wiped out this month. Um, you know, milk was, um, is now ten dollars a gallon. I don't have the money to cover that. That's not something that's sent for you from God or really from Satan. It's just, it's just a challenge. But God can use that to, you know, to, to teach you, to, um, to build you. And so it could be something as simple as that. It's used as a challenge for you to overcome or succeed for your learning or edification. That's how you know it's a test or a trial. It's for your learning or for your edification. Satan never wants to build you up. He wants to tear you down. And if, it's, and if it leads in ruin, that's when you know that it's from Satan. Or, um, or it's from you, from your own lust, from your own fleshly desires. It ruins you. We were talking about how um, the, uh, the speaker this weekend uh, has uh, counseled many uh, couples who came to them uh, um, after adultery happened. And that is a ruinous thing to a marriage. It, it's comforting to know that uh, in those examples that they were able to overcome that. And so something that was used for evil, God can use for good. It doesn't come from him, but he'll use it. And we'll read about that here shortly as well. But we should rejoice in these trials 
I got to tell you folks, that's a lot easier said, said than done. When it's happening to somebody else, brother, you need to rejoice in that. You need to joy, find the joy in that. But when it's happening to you, you're like, uh, don't, uh, yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm struggling to find that joy. You know, it is there. Uh, but it's, I, I think that when you read these scriptures, we're going to here in just a second, it will help you find that joy amidst trouble, amidst trials, amidst testing, amid, uh, amidst challenges. Uh, first, I want to go to 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. 1 Peter 4, uh, 12 to 13 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. The things that you suffer in this world, or the test, or the proving, or even it's, they, in comparison, they're just little to the joy in the, in the Lord that we have, to that uh, hope, that blessed hope of being with God, being with Him in heaven, where there is no sin, there is no suffering. And so Paul or uh, Peter says here to rejoice in that and think it not strange. Things this will always happen uh, to people. It's things; these things are common. He's like, well, you know what? I, there's a, there, I've had a trial of temptation that nobody else has, has experienced before. Well, the Bible says that all of that's common. And so you may be responding it to it or uh, in a different way. But it is, the, these things have happened to other people. Now, that's not to take any importance away from it and, and the, real, uh, the real feeling of it. But these things are felt by other people. That's how you deal with it. Uh, let's go to turn, uh, turn to James 1, 2 through 4. Again, these are uh, God, God's source trials or, or t- uh, temptations or just simple challenges that God uses uh, for our edification and learning. James 1, 2 through 4. I'm going to turn your Bibles there real quick. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let that patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and uh, entire, wanting nothing. That's one of the things that we learned that, that edifies us, that it builds patience in you. Don't ever pray for patience. I, I'm here to tell you folks, because patience is built by trials and challenges. And so you're, you're basically praying for God to throw a, like a challenge at you. Know, at you. Oh, just teach me patience. Okay, bam. Um, yes, we should all be praying for patience, but you, know, you really learn that patience through trials or through uh, testings or through proving that that is God-ordained. Romans 5, 3-5. Again, it says here we should glory. And not, only, uh, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and then patience worketh uh, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so... Those things are meant to build us up, to edify us, to 
uh, to teach you, to help you be a better Christian, to uh, help you along your, your journey of sanctification. So we glory in them. We glory in them. Continuing on here, uh, in, the, in the positive sense of the word parosmos, trial or test. In Genesis 37 through 50, I'm not going to read that today because that's a whole, whole bunch of verses, but it's a story about Joseph. We learn about him and how he was hated by his brothers, and he was thrown into a hole, then sold into slavery, then accused of rape by Potiphar's wife, then he was put into prison, and then he was betrayed by, by the butler. He interpreted the dream of the butler and said, hey, when you go to the king, don't forget about me. And the butler was like, eh, totally forgot about him. But at the end of the story, Joseph is used by God to build a nation of Israel. He went through all of that for God's purpose to build a nation. Remember the, uh, the nation of Israel. It went in a family, came out a nation. And so the source here in Joseph's story of the, of the, of, of the parosmos or the trial or test is from God. So we know that this was a testing and preparation from God himself. You know, you may go, be going through a, a temptation or a trial or something, and you're like, man, why is this happening to me? You may not know for dozens of years later. Maybe it's something that, that you go through, and like, there can no, be no godly use for this. And then 10 years down the road, somebody will be suffering that, that same thing, and you will have the tools to help them through it. You may, it, it may be building and edifying for you for when you get to heaven. And you will be given the why when you get to heaven. Just trust that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And it's not to tear you down. It's not to ruin you. It's to build you up and to, and to teach you. Satan is the accuser. He's the one that wants to tear you down. He, he, he wants to kill you. And he wants to ruin you. Especially uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. He wants to ruin your witness. He wants to accuse you of all the horrible things. And so people look at you and be like, oh, look at that Jeremy. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's doing all these horrible things. I don't want to learn about Jesus. If, if that's what it is, I don't want nothing to do about that. That's what Satan loves to do. So again, we see the context here is a trial, a testing. So I want to go back to the, uh, the uh, negative sense, the the uh, source of parosmos, which is temptation, which is either uh, the sin in our, cell, in our bodies, uh, the old man within us, or directly from Satan himself, that demons are, are, are just uh, working on you and, and they're persecuting you. You can be persecuted by Satan's demons or um, Satan himself. He can't indwell you because you got the Holy Spirit there, but you can be persecuted. And so, again, the source you see, is used to destroy or ruin you with the goal of failure and tearing down. That's how you tell, tell the difference. Temptation or trial. What is the end result here? That's how you can tell the difference. James 1, 12 through 15. Go ahead and turn your Bibles there. I think it's on the screen. James 1, 12 through 15. How blessed is the man who endures temptation. When he has passed the test, he will receive the victor's crown of life that God has promised to those who keep on loving him. When someone is tempted, and I wrote in here, 
to sin, he should not say, I am being tempted by God, and then I wrote in here, to sin. Because God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone to sin, I would add. Instead, each person is tempted by his own desire to sin. Being lured and trapped. Fishing and hunting is in the Bible, folks. It's right here. If you, if you look at the Greek words here, that, that word lured is, is a, it's a hunting term in the Greek. It's when you set up an ambush for that elk coming over the hill. You, you, send, your, you send your buddies over the hill um, to work the timber, and then you go work where, where they're going to cross. That's, that's, being, that's lured. You're, you're pushing them in, into the ambush zone. And it's a hunting term in the Greek. And, uh, and trapped or baited, that's a fishing term that's, that's used in, in the Greek. And so they have a little hook and a little bait, and they're baiting you. Uh, Satan's um, baiting you. Say, oh, look at that. And so hunting is fishing is in the Bible. It's in the negative sense, but it is there anyways. And so being lured or trapped by it, when the desire becomes pregnant, it gives birth to sin. And when, it sin, when that sin grows, and it gives birth to death. And so I just love this passage in James. It, it just it really tells you what the, what the source is not from, and it helps to you delineate the temptation. It's from sin. God will never tempt you to sin. You're like, why is God causing me to do that? That's not from God, folks. That's from you or, um, or from Satan. That's your own fleshly, sinful, um, old man desire that we're always fighting. It is not from God. God does not know evil. He cannot he can even stand to look at sin. That's why he can't look at us until we have that imputed righteousness from Jesus. He can't even stand to look at you. But when you do have that blood, that blood covering, he sees you like he sees his son. He sees that righteousness, that in you. It's that imputed thing. It's that pardon that says, God can look at me because my sin is paid for. It's the pardon. I always picture Jesus holding the pardon in front of me because I'm not holding it. It's not anything I did. He's holding the pardon in front of Jeremy that says, look, he's, his, his sins are paid for and God can look at me as righteous. And so that's a good passage out of James, just identifying the negative sense. The source of the uh, parosmos, the, the uh, temptation, is from Satan. It results in sin, ruin, and death. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Satan is always want, watching you. You know, that uh, Satan cannot be everywhere, but he's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. If you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ today, he has a file on you. And he knows what gets to you. He knows what will cause you to stumble. And, he, and he's, he's had all these years of human behavior. And so he's learned. He can read the Bible. He, he knows what's in the Bible. And, and he agrees with our statement of faith. But what's the difference? He doesn't uh, apply it to his life. He doesn't apply it for good. But he's been watching humans for centuries, and he knows what will make us stumble. And so he's a very wise adversary. That's why we go to the Lord. Um, I, I, always, I, would, I would always caution that to pray for your own power 
against Satan. Because I'm going to tell you folks, we don't have it. I always pray in the Lord that the Lord would help me in my time of trouble. That the Lord would protect me from the, uh, from the wiles of the devil. From, that the Lord would uh, uh, quench any of the arrows, any of the uh, uh, awful uh, things that Satan could do to me. I pray in the power of Jesus Christ to help me and to cover me and to protect me. And so here Peter is talking about always crouching, always waiting, always looking to trip you up. Oh, Jeremy's doing that, and bam! He's got a file on you, folks. He knows what gets to you. He knows your weak spots. And sometimes your strength is your weak spot. It's when you're most vulnerable. You know what? I got this. Man, I, I don't need any help. I can do this. That's when Satan strikes. He will get you in your pride. 1 John 2.16, 1 John 2.16, also in the negative sense of the word parosmos. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The source here of the parosmos is solely from our own sin, our, our old man within us, and results in sin, ruin, and death. It comes from lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. You don't need Satan to sin, folks. You don't, you don't need any persecution whatsoever. That can all come um, out of our own. And if you read the book of Revelation, the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ, there's going to be people thrown in the lake of hell, or the lake of fire and hell, after the thousand-year reign of Christ. Why? You know, because there's going to be people, there's going to be human beings that will make it through, through the tribulation period, and they're going to be saved, and they're going to make it into the thousand-year reign of Christ. But they're going to have babies, and those babies are not going to be saved. And uh, the Satan is put in chains. He's no longer rolling around the earth. There is no, no, no adversary of the devil in that thousand-year reign of Christ. But guess what? People are still sinning. People are still doing the wrong thing. And I think, you know, well, why? Um, I always ask the question, why? Why, does, you know, why is this done? I think it's to prove that, you know what? All right, sin, uh, you can't say that the devil you know, made you do it during that thousand-year reign of Christ. It's to prove that your own sin nature will cause you to sin. And so we see that the lust of the flesh, of the eyes, the pride of life, in the negative sense, that is a temptation. So how do we overcome trials and temptations? The answer is simple, by holding in your heart the Word of God. That is what Jesus did. That's the simple answer, folks. Psalm 119, 9 through 12. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word, which my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes by keeping the word of God in your heart and doing it, not just listening, but doing. Not just observing, but observing to do. Uh, I think a good example here is Matthew 4, 
1 through 11. I think it's really important here to make the point that I think a lot of people think that temptation is sin, and it ain't. Uh, temptation is not sin. We're all going to feel though, those temptations. But it's what you do with that temptation will determine whether it results in sin or not. How do we know that, Pastor? Because Jesus was tempted. And we know that Jesus is sinless, right? But he was tempted. The Bible says so in Matthew 4, 1-11. through 11. In fact, in verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus was led by the Spirit, that's referring to the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit, upon orders of God the Father, leads God the Son and says, Come here, I want to lead you to the devil to be tempted. That's, that's God. Why, why is he doing this? We'll, we'll, end, uh, we'll read that here shortly. So this is a record of testing of Jesus so that we may know his sinlessness. This is a record so we may know that Jesus was tested in every way that we are. Is that testing from God for our good. It was an example so that we would know the sinlessness of Jesus, and we would know that he suffers and is tempted in every way like we are. Hebrews 4.16 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was all, in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus passed every single test. It says here in verse 2 of Matthew 4, 1 through 11, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he finally became hungry. Does anybody get hangry? I do. I get hangry bad. It's awful. Don't be around me if I haven't eaten and, and, uh, and I start getting the jitters and I can feel the low blood sugar in my body and I get really, uh, uh, really cantankerous. And I, I, when I feel it coming, I'm like, I need to eat. We have to stop, and I need to get something to eat, because I'm going to be a jerk here in about an hour if, if we don't get something to eat. And so, uh, you know, that's just after, you know, 10 hours of, of a not eating. Shame on me. Jesus, uh, Jesus didn't eat for, for 40 days and 40 nights. He finally became hungry. That's when Satan uh, will, uh, will try and uh, uh, hit you. Like, man, Jeremy's being a big jerk because he hasn't ate anything. I'm going to hit him with this now. Bam! God, or he sees us. He knows our, he knows our, our, our weaknesses. The devil's just waiting. He's prowling, waiting to ruin your witness. Verse 3, Then the tempter came, Since you are the Son of God, he said, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, Jesus says, It is written, One must not live on bread alone, but on every word coming out of the mouth of God. So Jesus is, is essentially quoting himself to fight temptation. He quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. It says, He humbled you, causing you to be hungry, yet He fed you with manna that neither you nor your ancestors had known, in order to teach you that human beings are not to live by food alone. Instead, human beings are to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. It's right here, folks. And we have the benefit of the New Testament. We have the full counsel of God right here. Again, I think uh, last, uh, last week or two, the, uh, the writers of the New Testament, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they're preaching and teaching out of the Old Testament. They're drawing doctrine and drawing information out of the Old Testament. They're leading people to Christ through the Old Testament. 
And Jesus here, essentially, I say, quoting himself. Quote Deuteronomy 8. He's fighting temptation with the Word of God. See what else happened here. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He told Jesus, since you are the Son of God, throw yourself down because it is written, God will put his angels in charge of you. Guess what? Satan knows the Bible too. And Satan says, oh, the Bible says, Jesus, that God will put angels in charge of you. Satan knows the Bible. He knows every word. In fact, I would, I would say that he knows it better than you do. Because he's had hundreds and hundreds of years to read it. If I had hundreds and hundreds of years to read the Bible, I could probably quote it, the whole Bible, without even looking in it. But I'm thankful that uh, my wife bought me a new Bible this this, uh, Saturday. She didn't know it because she was sitting in the car sleeping. But uh, she, she got me a Bible for my birthday. It's got the little thumb things on it to help me find, uh, find those chapters that I'm looking for. But, um, yeah, we, you know, we have the Word, but Satan probably has got it all memorized. Absolutely. He, he says, oh, 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 Jesus, God will put angels in charge of you, and with their hands they will hold you up so that you will never hit your foot against the rock. Psalm 91, 9 through 12 alludes to that. Lord, you are my refuge because you chose the Most High as your dwelling place. No evil will fall upon you and no affliction will approach your tent. For he will command his angels to protect you in all your ways. With their hands they will lift you up so you will not trip over a stone. So Satan's quoting God. Hey, it says here in Psalm that you'll be taken care of, Jesus. Just throw yourself. Jesus responded to him. It is also written, you must not tempt the Lord your God. That's from Deuteronomy 6.16. It says, don't test the Lord your God. He's quoting himself again. Don't tempt the Lord your God. And we learned about that last week, didn't we? Verse 8, once more the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world along with their splendor. He told Jesus, I will give you all these things if you bow down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, because it is written, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Again, Jesus is quoting himself in Deuteronomy 10:20. He says, you are, the, you are to fear the Lord your God and serve him, cling to him, and swear by his name. So the devil left him, and the angels came and began ministering to him. This last part here is like, What do you mean? Did, didn't Jesus have a, a title and ownership to that already? Yes, he did, but he, uh, uh, Satan was like, hey, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to do that. Satan reads the Old Testament. He knows that, he must, that the Messiah must die. He knows that that needs to happen. But Satan says, you know what? You don't have to do that. If you just bow down to me, I will give you everything that is essentially yours anyways. You don't have to go do that. You don't have to go pay for their sins. So the devil left him, and the angels came and began ministering to him. He was tempted in every way, wasn't he? But he never did sin. Jesus answered temptation from Satan with the word of God. And so the question I have here is, what is your verse? What's your life verse to fight temptation? Jesus had had some life verses. He had the old the whole Old Testament, essentially. This is his life verse. But what's your life verse? Do you have life verse? 
if you don't have a life verse, you need to have one by, by end of business today. What is your life verse? But, I, you know, I like to ask questions of the, uh, when there's stories in the Bible, and, you know, especially uh, the, the one posed uh, itself here. Why did the Holy Spirit do this to begin with? Why did he lead Jesus to be tempted? Hebrews 5, 8 through 9, and I'm sorry, did, did I write that in there? Okay, Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles there real quick. Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Why did this happen? Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered, and being made perfect, became the author of eternal salvation unto all of them that obey him. He did it for us. The Holy Spirit led Jesus on, on, on command of the Father to be tempted. He did that for us. Because if Jesus sins once in that temptation, then guess what? The substitution means nothing. A sinful man dies for nobody except himself. He did that for us so that Jesus would be made perfect, the perfect ideal God-man that could die on the cross at one time in history in A.D. 32 for all of the sins, all future, or past, present, and future sins. That's why he did it, folks. Because he loves us. Jesus promised to us. But first I want to uh, read Matthew 6.13 because you've uh, sometimes it's, it's, it's the Lord's Prayer. I think it's more, it's more the disciples' prayer uh, you see in, in different passages where uh, Jesus is uh, praying to God, you know, and so Jesus is, uh, is a Lord. But it's called the Lord's Prayer, so we're going to go with it. So Matthew 6.13, please turn your Bibles there, please. Matthew 6.13. And we're all, we're all familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6.13. But specifically, what is it saying here? And lead us not into temptation... But deliver us from evil. What's that? What's that saying? Is it, are we praying that God doesn't deliver us into evil situations because that's what He does? Well, no, that's not what we're praying. If you read that, what it's saying uh, um, again, you have to go to the Greek. But forgive us. Uh, I'm sorry. Lead us not into temptation. It's saying, please help me. It's a cry. To, please, Lord, help me in these temptations, in these trials, so they don't lead to sin. Because you, you can take a uh, testing from God, and if you choose the wrong path, it will also lead to sin. But that wasn't God's original plan. What if, what if uh, uh, God led uh, Joseph uh, to go through all those trials, and then, and then Joseph said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and sleep with Potiphar's wife, because that's the easy way out. That would have been sin, and that would have ruined his witness, and God probably would not have been able to use him to build a nation. Remember, that was God's testing. But Joseph prevailed, and I imagine that Joseph had a life verse, too. He was a very strong man. He was able to endure all of that. A lot of horrible things happened to him. 
I mean, uh, how can that be of God? To be thrown into a hole, so, um, uh, sold to the Arabs, get stuck in a prison in, in, in uh, Egypt, and then once I get to a, to a position that's seemingly um, good for me, I got this woman who's chasing me around every day who wants me to commit adultery. Why? And so, we, with that prayer, that prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's really the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Praying, Lord, help me. I don't want anything to happen to me that, that will lead into sin. That's the promise. Or that's the prayer. The promise or the answer is given to us in 1 Corinthians 10.13. Jesus says, no, no temptation has overtaken you. That is unusual for human beings. But God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength. That's the promise. That's the answer to prayer in 613 in the Lord's Prayer. Instead, along with temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you will be able to endure it. This, is a, this, uh, this word temptation here, is a, it's a testing, it's a trial. It's a testing from God. It's a, it's a, along with the testing from God, he will also provide a way out so that you will be able to endure it. If this, it's not a testing, and it's from Satan or from yourself, that's not from God. And you can go to him to, for help in that if you realize, hey, you know what, I've been sinning, I need to stop this. But this is, a, this is referring to a testing from God, to a test or, or a proof or a trial. He provides a way out. So he provided a way out for Joseph. What is the way out? One answer. Endurance. You've got to have faith, folks. You've got to endure. That's the only way you get through the trial. It doesn't just get magically um, taken away. I, I mean, sometimes it does, but most of the time, it's for, it, I mean, it'll be there. You have to get through it. It's enduring it. That's the answer. Enduring the trial. Enduring the, the test that God has given you. And that's what Jesus did. He endured the temptation. He endured the testing. How did he, how did he do that? By quoting himself. Quoting uh, Bible verses. Life verses. No one can escape trials and temptations because it is common to man. The most spiritual person can mess up and be subjected to a time of trial or temptation. But God will not allow the believer to be tempted or tried above what you are able to, uh, uh, to bear it. That's for the believer, folks. When a believer is tempted or tried, God will provide a path to overcome the trial or temptation so you can overcome it. God is faithful in doing this. He's not going to leave you out hanging, folks. He's made a promise to you, and he will never, ever break that. The Lord is very aware of temptations that we all face. He's endured them through, through his Son. He knows what it feels like. He is not detached from our events. He knows exactly how we feel. Through his Holy Spirit, we can overcome whatever comes against us. That's where the power comes from, folks. Again, if you don't have God, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's hard, it's tough. You, you probably won't get over it. So how do I endure it then? Endure parosmos, that's in a negative sense. 
I, I thought this was a good opportunity to uh, talk about. Uh, there's, there's six things I want to talk about here, but I want to, uh, after that, I want to I talk about the armor of God. Why is the armor of God there? You know, we, you know, we picture Paul in chains looking at a, a, a Roman soldier, but actually, you know, remember, Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. It, you, know, you can read the, the cross-reference passage in Isaiah. I, in Isaiah, it talks about the armor of God, and I think that's what, what uh, I think that uh, Paul was, re, that was going back to is what Isaiah was talking about, but also making a correlation, again, to the Roman soldier. And so, uh, methods to meet temptation. We're going to cover these six and then go to the armor of God. So, with rejoicing, we already kind of talked about that. With rejoicing, with joy. It's, it's, uh, it's a hard thing to do, folks. Um, but it's, you know, I just do it out of, out of habit. I don't feel it. It's like forgiveness. You're supposed to forgive because that's the command, right? You may not feel it right away, but eventually that will come. The emotional forgiving will come as well. But you forgive and have that heart of forgiveness, and then your emotions will start to catch up with you. Or love. You are commanded to love. You choose to love your wife or your husband. We learned about that at the marriage retreat. You may not feel it, but you do it, and I'm going to tell you, if, if you do it, it gets easier to get to that emotional, that true, genuine, yeah, I love my spouse, and I feel it, and I want to do for her, do, do for him, that edifies her, that edifies him. And so I look at this too, like how do I find joy and rejoicing in trouble? And I, I've, uh, I've forced myself, I'm going to tell you folks, I don't feel it right away. I'm still in that learning for my emotional uh, emotions to catch up with what I say. When something bad happens in, in my life, I just say, praise the Lord, this is awesome. I don't know why, but it's awesome. And I just I try and get myself in that mindset, so on my emotions, I gotta tell you, it's always worked out. I can remember one time we had a drunk driver, he was uh, uh, drunk and he was huffing, and he uh, drove off the highway there and drove all the way down to our house from Highway 93 in, on, on the Bay Shore through, through our fence. And thank goodness I, I had made a humongous um, a pile of snow from, from the winter and it slowed down his vehicle a lot. But he still hit the corner of our garage and, and then hit the one car there, which then hit the other car. And it was a big mess. And the one time I'm not at home, and my wife had, had to deal with this. And that's, a, that's another story. It's really good. Anyways, but that's not the point. And so we, um, we had to de- deal with this. I'm like, why is this happening? And just, you know what? Pra- praise the Lord. I don't know what's going to happen, but praise the Lord. And so they, they ended up giving us way more money th- than that Buchla Saber was worth. They gave us like $6,000 for a Buick LeSabre, you know, that I could buy on the market for like maybe two. And I asked them once, I said, are you sure that's the right number? And they said, yes. I'm like, okay, I'll send the check here. And we were able to get Michelle a vehicle that she really, really wanted. And so, man, so now I'm like, hey, I hope, so, you know, that'd be awesome if it happened again. Um, but... It's that, it's that pain of going through it. But just, man, just say, when something bad happens, just, you know what, 
Just say it, verbalize it. Praise the Lord, this is awesome. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work out, and I just got to trust that good things will happen. And guess what? Your, your heart starts to catch up, and God will take care of you. Awesome things happen after that. God, God uses that, and you're, you just rejoice in it. Saying, all right, let's, let's wait and see. So with rejoicing, to a responsibility to endure. We have a responsibility to endure. You can't give up. You can't stop hoping. Uh, number three, be, be in prayer. Claim Matthew 16 or 6.13, and lead us not into temptation. Lord, help me. Help me to not overcome and do sin from my own devices because of this problem, because of this trial or, or this temptation. Help me to react to this in a positive way. Pray. We pray. Number four, sometimes, folks, you've got to run. You've got to flee. Flee the temptations. Uh, the next verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 14. It says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Sometimes you've got to be a Joseph, and you've got to run out of the house without any clothes on, essentially, without his cloak. You know, he was fleeing from Potiphar's wife who wanted him to commit adultery with, with her. And he just ran away. Sometimes Satan need, needs to see the bottom of your shoes. Running away. Flee fornication. Flee lust. Flee all those things. Just run away. Get yourself out of that situation. Five, sometimes you, you need to destroy the instrument of sin. Romans 13, 15. Let's turn there. Romans 13, 15. Romans 13, 15. Thir or th I'm sorry, 13, 14. 13, 14. Sometimes you just got to destroy it, folks. Get it out of your life. I'm doing a, a sweets challenge for my class, and uh, when I started this, um, I got all the sweets and ice cream and I threw in the garbage. I got rid of all that stuff. I just wanted, I wanted to get out of my life. I wanted uh, uh, to destroy it. And so that's, sometimes you need to do that. It says, but put on, verse 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. To not make provision. If I just left a bunch of candy bars and like sweets right there, um, I look at the donuts back there, and I got to buy them, and I got to bring them here, and it's and it's hard to not. It's hard, and but that's why I don't. We, we don't have any of that stuff in my house because I know I will eat it. Sometimes you just got to get rid of it, folks. If it's causing you problems, get rid of it. I'm not against uh, totally against Facebook. I know that there's a lot of a lot of um, uses that that you could do. I I had to take it off my phone. I still have it on my computer. But I was wasting time on it, just you know, you know, talking to friends. I'm doing this, and there's certain um, algorithm, folks. I um, I got to tell you, if you watch hunting videos, and like there, there's like on those video streams, uh, those reels, I think they call them. They, there's this uh, page. It's called like um, Kill Shot Central. They're awesome hunting videos. I love watching them. But in that same algorithm. 
They, I think they figure that if you like hunting, if you're a man and you like hunting, you must like, I'm, I'm looking at women too. And alongside, it'd be hunting video, a woman. Hunting video, hunting video, a woman. And I finally ha had to take it off. And so I just find another way to watch those hunting videos. But it, it was in, it just in my face every single time. And, and that's why I deleted it, because I'd have to, I'm constantly doing this. Like, no, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch the hunting video where, where the elk gets smoked on the side of the hill. But folks, sometimes you just got to get rid of it. You got to get it out of your system or get it out of your life. Number six, fellowship with good company. People who love the Lord. If you fellowship with, uh, with, uh, with uh, people who like the, uh, uh, the sin of the flesh, who like um, doing those uh, things that, that will ruin you, if you have a problem with alcohol or drugs, or if you have a problem with some kind of gambling uh, or, or any kind of addiction, or if you have a, 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 pro a certain problem with sin, if you hang around people who are doing that, you're going to do it. Hang around people that are good for you. That's why church is so important. That's another reason why, why church is so important. It's important to be together in the Word, fellowshipping, eating meat to, uh, together, having breakfast in the morning, Accountability partners. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.22. 2 Timothy 2.22. I just love these tabs. It's great. 2 Timothy 2.22. Quarter till already. Look at that. 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. With those people, with them that call out to the name of the Lord with a pure heart. That's another way to help you through, through these times. Be open. Share. Say, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. Or, hey, I just want to be with you because I need to, to, uh, to, to, get, to get out of this environment or to stop dealing with this. I need to be around people who are accountable to the Lord so I can be accountable to the Lord. Choose, choose your company, folks. You gotta choose, choose, it's just choosing good friends. If you choose bad friends who are doing bad things, you're, you're going to get sucked in. We do not have time to go through the, the uh, armor of the Lord. Maybe we'll do that next week, or um, I'm not sure. But there's a handout. I know it's used for Sunday school for kids. I just love this. This is awesome. Um, Sword of the Lord. Get into that, folks. That's your, I guess that's your homework for today. I want to close on having a life verse. Where does resisting temptation start or getting through a trial that God has given to you where does that start? Again, it's what I mentioned or talked about before. It starts with a life verse. A life verse. How did Daniel get through all of his problems? And, and there was a lot thrown at Daniel, including lions. Daniel 1.8 says, be, uh, uh, Daniel determined within himself not to become defiled. He determined within himself. Daniel had life verses. That's how he got through all of this. I want to show you my, my life verse, uh, Joshua 1, uh, 7 through 8. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do, I love that term, observe to do, 
According to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it uh, to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. If, do you like to have good, good success in life? I do. Final life verse. Would you like to have God make your way prosperous? I do. Find that life verse. <clears throat> Psalm 119.11. I like this one too, and then we'll uh, have our last song. I have stored what you have said in my heart, so I won't sin against you. You've got to have that in your heart before you meet, meet that trial or that temptation. When you're, when you're trying to figure out finances, and you've got a big old a blown up uh, 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 budget, that's not the time to go looking for a life verse, folks. You need to have that in your heart beforehand. Determine that you will not let that get you down. Determine that you will get through it, and you will be edified by it, and you will learn by it. On the negative side, if you're being tempted by, by, uh, um, uh, by adultery or addiction or some kind of sin, that's not the time to be finding a life first. Boy, boy, I've, I've, uh, got, um, I, um, I've got this big old hunting trip in front of me, but, but it requires me to uh, skip church um, uh, for the next month. Um, I, I wonder if there's a life verse for that. Let me, let me check. No. You have that before. It's like, well, let me check my life verse. Yeah, nope. As much as I want to, I'm sorry I can't do that. Or, yeah, uh, as much as I want to, um, you know, uh, uh, try, try and avoid this, and I know it's sin, and I know it's bad, that's not the time to be looking for your life verse, folks. That will protect you. That, that will keep you in the counsel of the Lord. Respond to that like Jesus did. You know, as it is written, and then quote your life verse. So have a life verse. I hope everybody has one. If you don't, maybe, and you don't even have to remember the, the book or the chapter or the verse. All those chapters and verses came after the fact, folks. That wasn't in the original Greek, Greek and Hebrew. Just say, you know what? I know it's in the Bible somewhere. It says blah, blah, blah. That could be your life verse. Put it in your heart. Get a short one so you don't have to constantly try to remember it. <laughs> That's for me anyways. Lifers, folks. Let's go ahead and uh, close in the uh, song here. All right. So we did. We kind of called an audible, audible this morning. We had a different song planned for closing, but there's a song that we, uh, that we do once in a while called The Lord's Prayer that seemed kind of fitting for the message today. So please join us. Let your kingdom come, Father. Let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come, Father. Let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. 
forgive us as we forgive the ones who sinned against us. Forgive them and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let your kingdom come, Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven. Right here in my heart Give us this day our daily bread Forgive us, forgive us We forgive the ones who've sinned against us Forgive them and lead us not into temptation But deliver us from the evil one Let your kingdom come It's yours it's yours, it's all yours, it's all yours. The kingdom, the power, the glory are yours. It's yours, it's yours, it's all yours, it's all yours. Forever and ever, the kingdom is yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, it's all yours. The kingdom, the power, the glory are yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours. Forever and ever, the kingdom is yours. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. My heart. Lord, I, I just, uh, what a wonderful message, and thank you for that song. Right here in our heart, that's where it starts, folks. you got a purpose here. We're going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer, and then we're just going to, um, I want to do this huddle right away, so I honor your time, because it seems like we get busy talking, me, me included, between the, uh, um, between the time. So we'll just uh, go into the uh, quick huddle right after prayer. If you need to leave, that's okay. Uh, we'll just, I, I just want to talk about this, uh, this possible building. So let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just thank you for giving us the word to put in our heart. Lord, we are so blessed and just privileged to have your word, to have the full counsel of the Lord. We can find it on a computer, on our phone. There's so many different uh, Bibles out there. They're wonderful tools, Lord. We live in a world of technology that just offers us so much information about your word. We're so thankful for that, Lord. But uh, Lord, I would ask that we apply that. We would observe to do in our heart, that we would meditate upon your word, that we would apply that. Lord, I pray that today's uh, message was a good, uh, a good uh, uh, one for applying uh, those tools, those things we need to employ in order, in order to overcome uh, the positive side of those trials and, uh, and proofs and tests, but also the negative side uh, of, the tr- of the temptations that, uh, uh, we, that are all beset us, Lord. We all, uh, we all feel those, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for this message. May uh, we apply what we have learned today in our lives, Lord, uh, but also to be a good witness to others so that we may win some for you, Lord. Lord, that is our, that is our number one goal, to fulfill the Great Commission, to bring others to you, Lord. And however you deem to use us, Lord, we submit to you 
and we purpose in our heart to do what you would have us do for you. Lord, I just thank you for the, all the servant leaders here. I thank you for this church, Lord, all the people that uh, serve in various different ways. And sometimes you may not see what they're, that they're doing, Lord, but, but you see, Lord, and we just trust that um, you are working in everybody's heart in this church. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. This morning, we'll go ahead. Uh, did uh, everybody get a bulletin? Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. Be with us today, Lord, as we get into your word, as we worship you in song and in fellowship, Lord. And again, I, I so look forward every Sunday to be with my family. Uh, Lord, I just, uh, again, I just wish every day was Sunday, Lord, and I realize that that's not the case, but. Uh, just again, it just makes it so nice to come together every Sunday. Be with us today, Lord, as we uh, get into uh, your word and help us to open up our hearts, Lord, to uh, apply what we learn, not just to be uh, listeners or observers, but to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. Let's stand together and Sing to our King. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. God is for me, He's not against me, I will hold to the plans He has for me. When I'm broken, He will fix me, I will call on the name of the Lord. All my life, all I know, God's been good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. He's my heart song in my sorrow. He's my hope and my strength for tomorrow. When the storms rise all around me, I will call on the name of the Lord. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. Cause I've got joy, joy, joy deep in my soul. I will sing, sing, sing wherever I go. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. All my life, all I know. God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm going to sing wherever I go. Amen. All right, go ahead and be seated. I think everybody got a bulletin.
Um, real quick, again, the Indian Bible College uh, recruiting and fundraising event that's coming up on the 7th. And um, it was Mark that reminded me that uh, we were going to start Bible study on the 7th, so obviously we can't start it then. So uh, we'll, we'll pick it back up on March 21st. Uh, the Bible study in the book of Revelation with the Indian Bible College. So there's a flyer in the back. There's also a list of uh, the people that we need to uh, house. And so there's four males, three females, uh, a married couple, and uh, the IBC president will be here. And so um, I know a few people have already volunteered uh, their house. Uh, we still need room for about uh, five or six more folks. And so if you could house uh, one or two, uh, that'd be great. Uh, we just we like to bless them with uh, lodging so they don't have to worry about a hotel room here when they're here. And so the, the list of the folks are back there. And, and just get with me if you want to do that. Let's see. Um, I handed out uh, a deal. It's the um, first the uh, chapter on temptation. It's a really good book, really good chapter. Also, you see there's uh, um, some information about renting a uh, building. There we're going to have a quick little huddle um, on that after just kind of why we're uh, going that direction uh, right after church, um, maybe maybe 10 or 15 minutes just to talk about that, um, and we'll move on from there. And so with that, wasn't there a birthday recently for somebody? What's that? Oh yeah, Cedar's birthday was yesterday, and wasn't there somebody else who had a birthday recently? No, what am I thinking? Maybe maybe that was another, maybe it's the marriage retreat or something, I'm not sure. So, okay, well, well, let's sing happy birthday to Cedar, even though he's not here. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Cedar, happy birthday to you, and, some, and anybody else who's not telling me their birthday. Uh, how about anniversaries, wedding anniversaries? Okay. Um, and also, we, we celebrate uh, the people who have chosen a, a, the gifting of being single as well. That's actually really important as well. And so we also uh, um, commemorate the singleness of people. I think that's uh, all for announcements. Am I missing anything in announcements? Oh, yes, Katie. Amen. Yeah, so they were uh, given the original date was for the country store to move out because they sold the building was the end of May and it actually got bumped up to March 11th. And so a real time crunch there. They are uh, moving into the building just half a block down into the old Odyssey Glass building. And uh, Mr. Green's I'm currently renovating that. It sounds like it might be ready uh, for uh, to be moved into or, or close to it. And so going to really need a big push that that week uh, with with muscle and screw guns to get all that stuff over to the uh, over to the new location. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that, Kitty. I appreciate it. Any other announcements that I'm missing?
Okay? All right, let's go ahead and we'll go to our prayer requests and praises. I would just like to share praise for the marriage retreat. Um, it was pretty amazing, as, as always. I uh, really enjoyed it. I love the fellowship. Um, I just love the, the, uh, the togetherness and the, and the biblical teaching of, um, of a marriage and what it is and what it isn't and how to apply that in a, in, in a real practical way. And so um, I highly encourage you. I, they already have the date for next year. It's January 31st and the 1st. And of course, I'll be advertising that like I always do. But put it in your calendar now. You, you have to put those, those uh, dates on your calendar way ahead of time so you can protect the, uh, that date. And so the, uh, the Coddles were over there and the, the Clones were over there. We had a great time. Um, and just wonderful, wonderful um, a biblical teaching on marriage. And so I uh, just uh, praise the Lord for that. Uh, Wyatt, did you have your, your hand up? Yes, absolutely. All right. Pray for those who are sick, and um, again, including my wife. She was over there, and she got something, some tummy, something or other, and she was stuck in the hotel room. And so, um, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about, uh, you know, her thyroid stuff is getting better, but um, it seems like there's just a ton of sickness, and we lost about a dozen folks that were actually coming to the marriage retreat from, from sickness. But just pray for healing for uh, all those who are sick. Okay. Yes. Pray for the Kaufmans. And for those who are traveling. All right, other prayer requests, praises? Yes, Liam. What's that? Yes, for the Rouches, absolutely. Other praises or prayer requests? All right. I would like to, just coming off the marriage retreat, I would like to pray for marriages as well. Satan is definitely attacking. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we come to you in praise and thanksgiving, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity to be with our brothers and sisters at the marriage retreat, Lord, just the fellowship and the sharing meals together, Lord, and the uh, just learning on, on uh, about what you have in your word about marriage, Lord. I just ask that you would continue to bless the marriage retreat, Lord. I just, uh, um, get, again, I'm just so energized every year, Lord, and so thankful for that. Lord, we pray uh, for the sick, Lord. I pray for my wife, Lord, also that she would go over this uh, the sickness that she has and the other folks that are uh, sick and suffering from diseases or um, ailments or some kind of chronic thing, Lord. Lord, we pray for um, those who are stuck in addiction, Lord. I just ask that you would um, just lead them to the answer. That answer is you. That answer is your son who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, we uh, pray for uh, safe travels uh, for the Kaufmans, Lord, for Dave and Barbara. Just be with them as they're on the road, Lord, and I would ask that you just uh, keep them safe and just keep the timing right, Lord. Uh, and also uh, um, lead those, uh, those impromptu uh, um, uh, moments where they can meet people and maybe a fellow brother, sister in Christ or somebody who needs to hear Christ. 
I'm here by Christ. And I pray that prayer for every one of us, Lord, that you would lead us to those gospel-sharing events, Lord. Lord, we pray for the raptures, Lord. We pray for all the missionaries, Lord. You be with them. Keep them strong, Lord. Keep them well-funded, Lord, and keep them moving forward with what your mission for them is, Lord. And not all of us are called to go to Africa or uh, some other country or uh, uh, Scotland. or uh, But Lord, you've put that in their heart, Lord. And so we're so thankful to partner with them, Lord, to be praying for them, Lord, uh, that uh, your name would be proclaimed all over the world. Lord, we pray for the marriages, Lord. Just uh, ask that you would uh, protect the marriages, Lord. I ask that you would restore those that are broken, Lord. I just uh, ask that you would help us to uh, learn to be better communicators according to what your word says, Lord, to be to be kind and, and to be patient, Lord. And I just, again, thank you for your word. It's Your word is complete for us, Lord. All we have to do is just look uh, to your word and figure out how we're supposed to act and what to do and, and to believe. And so, Lord, we're so blessed by having the full counsel of the word of God with us today. Lord, bless the rest of the service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So just real quick before we get started, I will say I want to echo a little bit about what Jeremy said about the marriage retreat. Honestly, I was a little reluctant to go, not knowing what to expect. I envisioned these small little groups and having to do a lot of talking and and thing, and it was nothing like that. I think Jeremy said this morning there was 170 people in the room, and I can't speak highly enough of the quality of the biblical instruction that we received over those two days, so day and a half. So I'd highly encourage anybody uh, to attend that next year. So that's my plug. All right. So as we get going this morning with worship, um, I just want us to think about there's, script, there's a scripture and I don't have it off the top of my head, but it talks about being a peculiar people. Um, and uh, I always kind of smile at that and Think about, do the people that I run into on a daily basis, whether it be at work or somebody I've never met before, do they look at me and think there's something different about him? Is there something different about you all when you run into people? Um, We're going to read Psalms 113 together this morning as we go into worship, and it says that we should praise his name around the clock, basically, 24-7. If we're doing that, we're definitely going to be peculiar. And people will wonder and want to know why we're so joyful. So let's stand together and read uh, Psalms 113 together. I'll read verse 1, you two, verse 2, and so on. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, and His glory above the heavens. Who is like unto God, our our God, who dwelleth on high? Who humbleth Himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth. He raised up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. And everybody said, Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Let's worship him today.
lift up our hands. Will you meet us here as we call on your name? Will you meet us here? We have come to this place to worship you, God of mercy and grace. It is you we adore. It is you. Praises are for only you. Heavens declare. It is you. It is you. Holy, holy is our God Almighty. Holy, holy is His name alone. Yeah. Holy, holy is our God Almighty. Holy, holy is His name alone. It is You we adore. It is You, only You. As we lift up our hands, will you meet us here as we call on your name? Will you meet us here? We have come to this place to worship you, God of mercy and grace. It is you we adore. It is you. Praises are for only you, heavens declare, it is you, it is you. Holy, holy is our God Almighty, holy, holy is His name alone, yeah. Holy, holy is His name alone. As we lift up our hands, as we call on Your name, will You meet us in this place by Your mercy and grace? As we lift up our hands, as we call on Your name, will You meet us in this place by Your mercy and grace? It is you we adore. It is you. It is you. Holy, holy is our God Almighty. Holy, holy is His name alone. Yeah. Holy, holy is our God Almighty. Holy, holy is His name alone. It is you, we adore, it is you, praises are for, only you, heavens declare, it is you, it is you.
direction, Lord. Lord, I just pray that we have those opportunities each and every day to share about You with someone. Lord, to share that You are the only way to have hope. Not only hope for life here, but life beyond here, Lord. By Your blood, we can be saved. And by that only, Lord, we just love you and praise you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I 
and I hear the Savior say, Thy strength in thee is small, child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in all, Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, He washed it white as snow.
the crimson stain he washed it white as snow he washed it white as snow he washed it white as snow oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead Jesus. All right, go ahead and be seated. We'll have the kids come up. <clears throat> Did I just hear a cowbell? <laughs> I got a cowbell back back there. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, be with the children, be with the Sunday school teachers. Lord, I just thank you again for all the servant leaders in this church that volunteer to teach the children in our church. Lord, it's such an important role, Lord. In fact, it's probably probably even more important than me standing up here preaching to the adults. Lord, just help us to grow the next generation, Lord. Help us to teach them um, in your word, Lord, according to what it says. And Lord, as we get into your word today here in adult church, that we would continue to keep our open hearts, Lord. We come to the kingdom as children and just help us to throw away any preconceived ideas and thoughts. And well, I saw this on TV from my favorite uh, commentator. And so that's just what I believe. Lord, just your word supersedes everything. And so we just submit to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. I really do, do have a cowbell here, if anybody's interested. I'm not allowed to do that during a worship song, because I just go crazy with it. All right, well, we are in the book of 1 Corinthians, and I want to apologize. The last two Sundays, it's been more of a, hey, this is what, you know, what not to do, with not a lot of, of what to do. And so we're going to spend this Sunday on one verse. Uh, turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 10, 13, to make up for those, the last two Sundays, haven't been able to really get, get into the application of what to do today. And so, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Go ahead and read that there. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And so I think it's really important that we look at that verse and we look at the past uh, verses we've been in chapter 10, say, hey, you know, don't do, um, do, um, don't do this. Look at the Israelites. Look what they did. Don't do that. And uh, Paul gives a consolation here, verse really important, the application and, and, the, and, and that joy and that trust and that assurance that you will be not tempted beyond uh, what you can bear. And so, um, again, just looking at this, if you don't have God, you will be tempted more than what you can bear. It is God that makes the provision. It is God that makes the path. And so I think remembering that and applying to our lives today because everybody's tempted. Um, there is no special circumstances. And sometimes you hear on TV and you're, uh, you may hear, especially in Christian ministry, where there's a, there's a fallen leader or a pastor who's like, I was just, 
you know, the demons were, were just, uh, just tempting me so hard that I just couldn't bear it. It was unbearable. There was just uh, uh, that, that no other man ha- has experienced such temptation as I. Like, well, no, that's, that's not true. According to 1 Corinthians 10, 10, 13, there is a path. And God creates that path. But I want to get into that word temptation because we... We assign a lot of that. Whenever you hear the word, the word temptation, you think evil. You think, well, I was, I was tempted to do this bad thing. I was uh, tempted to, uh, to do that. But um, if you look at the Greek word, it, it's actually it means a couple things. It could be uh, trials, tests, or, or temptations. It's the same word. And we'll learn today it's the context that changes the meaning of the verse. And so, again, whenever you see the words temptation, trial, or test in the New Testament, the same Greek word is used. The word is uh, parosmos. The word is a neutral word. There is no good or evil assigned to the word. It is neither good nor bad. Depending on the English translation of the Bible you are using, you may see words like, again, temptation, to prove, testing, trial, or, or some other word that's similar to that. Its moral assignment comes from the context in which the word parosmos is used in the scripture. The most telling clue to determine the context of the use is its source. God will not tempt you to evil. That will not happen. That will never ever happen. But who, who tempts you to evil? Well, either it's yourself or it's Satan. It's, it's the sin in yourself. You don't need Satan to sin. We have sin nature in us. So the source for tempting to evil, to do evil things, either comes from you or it comes from Satan or, um, or his demons. I want to look at the positive side of it first and then we'll look at the negative side. So the trial, so parosmos in the positive sense means to trial or test. The source comes from God or is simply a problem test challenge that is common to man, having no good or evil source. I think a good example of that is, you know, finances. Oh man, I'm just wiped out this month. Um, you know, milk was, um, is now $10 a gallon. I don't have the money to cover that. That's not something that's sent for you from God or really from Satan. It's just... It's just a challenge, but God can use that to you know to, to teach you to um, to build you. And so it could be something as simple as that. It's used as a challenge for you to overcome or succeed for your learning or edification. And that's how you know it's a test or a trial. It's for your learning or for your edification. Satan never wants to build you up. He wants to tear you down. And if, it's, and if it leads in ruin, that's when you know that it's from Satan. Or, um, or it's from you, from your own lust, from your own fleshly desires. It ruins you. We were talking about how um, the, uh, the speaker this weekend uh, has uh, counseled many uh, couples who came to them uh, um, after adultery happened. And that is a ruinous thing to a marriage. It, it's comforting to know that uh, in those examples that they were able to overcome that. And so something that was used for evil, God can use for good. It doesn't come from him, but he'll use it. And we'll read about that here shortly as well. But we should rejoice in these trials. 
I got to tell you folks, that's a lot easier said, said than done. When it's happening to somebody else, brother, you need to rejoice in that. You need to joy, find the joy in that. But when it's happening to you, you're like, uh, don't, uh, yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm struggling to find that joy. You know, it is there. Uh, but it's, I, I think that when you read these scriptures, we're going to here in just a second, it will help you find that joy amidst trouble, amidst trials, amidst testing, amid, uh, amidst challenges. Uh, first, I want to go to 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. 1 Peter 4, uh, 12 to 13 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. The things that you suffer in this world, or the test, or the proving, or even it's, they, in comparison, they're just little to the joy in the, in the Lord that we have, to that uh, hope, that blessed hope of being with God, being with Him in heaven, where there is no sin, there is no suffering. And so Paul or uh, Peter says here to rejoice in that, and think it not strange. Things this will always happen uh, to people. It's things; these things are common. He's like, well, you know what? I, there's a, there, I've had a trial of temptation that nobody else has, has experienced before. Well, the Bible says that all of that's common, and so you may be responding it to it or uh, in a different way, but it is, the, these things have happened to other people. Now, that's not to take any importance away from it and, and the, real, uh, the real feeling of it, but these things are felt by other people. That's how you deal with it. Uh, let's go to turn, uh, turn to James 1, 2 through 4. Again, these are uh, God, God's source trials or uh, more t- uh, temptations or just simple challenges that God uses uh, for our edification and learning. James 1, 2 through 4. I'm going to turn your Bibles there real quick. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let that patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and uh, entire, wanting nothing. That's one of the things that we learned that, that edifies us, that it builds patience in you. Don't ever pray for patience. I, I'm here to tell you folks, because patience is built by trials and challenges. And so you're, you're basically praying for God to throw a, like a challenge at you. Know, at you. Oh, just teach me patience. Okay, bam. Um, yes, we should all be praying for patience, but you, know, you really learn that patience through trials or through uh, testings or through proving that that is God-ordained. Romans 5, 3-5. Again, it says here we should glory. And not, only, uh, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and then patience worketh uh, experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so... Those things are meant to build us up, to edify us, to 
uh, to teach you, to help you be a better Christian, to uh, help you along your, your journey of sanctification. So we glory in them. We glory in them. Continuing on here, uh, in, the, in the positive sense of the word parosmos, trial or test. In Genesis 37 through 50, I'm not going to read that today because that's a whole, whole bunch of verses, but it's a story about Joseph. We learn about him and how he was hated by his brothers, and he was thrown into a hole, then sold into slavery, then accused of rape by Potiphar's wife, then he was put into prison, and then he was betrayed by, by the butler. He interpreted the dream of the butler and said, hey, when you go to the king, don't forget about me. And the butler was like, eh, I totally forgot about him. But at the end of the story, Joseph is used by God to build a nation of Israel. He went through all of that for God's purpose to build a nation. Remember the, uh, the nation of Israel. It went in a family, came out a nation. And so the source here in Joseph's story of the, of, the, of, of the parosmos or the trial or test is from God. So we know that this was a testing and preparation from God himself. And, you know, you may go, be going through a, a temptation or a trial or something, and you're like, man, why is this happening to me? You may not know for dozens of years later. Maybe it's something that, that you go through, and like, there can no, be no godly use for this. And then 10 years down the road, somebody will be suffering that, that same thing, and you will have the tools to help them through it. You may, it, it may be building and edifying for you for when you get to heaven. And you will be given the why when you get to heaven. Just trust that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And it's not to tear you down. It's not to ruin you. It's to build you up and to, and to teach you. Satan is the accuser. He's the one that wants to tear you down. He, he, he wants to kill you. And he wants to ruin you. Especially uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. He wants to ruin your witness. He wants to accuse you of all the horrible things. And so people look at you and be like, oh, look at that Jeremy. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's doing all these horrible things. I don't want to learn about Jesus. Because if, if that's what it is, I don't, want, I don't want nothing to do about that. That's what Satan loves to do. So again, we see the context here is a trial, a testing. So I want to go back to the, uh, the uh, negative sense, the the uh, source of parosmos, which is temptation, which is either uh, the sin in our, in our bodies, uh, the old man within us, or directly from Satan himself, that demons are, are, are just uh, working on you and, and they're persecuting you. You can be persecuted by Satan's demons or um, Satan himself. He can't indwell you because you got the Holy Spirit there, but you can be persecuted. And so, again, the source you see, is used to destroy or ruin you with the goal of failure and tearing down. That's how you tell, tell the difference. Temptation or trial. What is the end result here? That's how you can tell the difference. James 1, 12 through 15. Go ahead and turn your Bibles there. I think it's on the screen. James 1, 12 through 15. How blessed is the man who endures temptation. When he has passed the test, he will receive the victor's crown of life that God has promised to those who keep on loving him. When someone is tempted, 
and I wrote in here, to sin. He should not say, I am being tempted by God, and then I wrote in here, to sin. Because God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone to sin, I would add. Instead, each person is tempted by his own desire to sin. Being lured and trapped. Fishing and hunting is in the Bible, folks. It's right here. If you, if you look at the Greek words here, that, that word lured is, is a, it's a hunting term in the Greek. It's when you set up an ambush for that elk coming over the hill. You, you, send, your, you send your buddies over the hill um, to work the timber, and then you go work where, where they're going to cross. That's, that's, being, that's lured. You're, you're pushing them in, into the ambush zone. And it's a hunting term in the Greek. And, uh, and trapped or baited, that's a fishing term that's, that's used in, in the Greek. And so they have a little hook and a little bait, and they're baiting you. Uh, Satan's um, baiting you. Say, oh, look at that. And so hunting is fishing is in the Bible. It's in the negative sense, but it is there anyways. And so being lured or trapped by it, when the desire becomes pregnant, it gives birth to sin. And when, it sin, when that sin grows, and it gives birth to death. And so I just love this passage in James. It, it just it really tells you what the what the source is not from, and it helps to you delineate the temptation. It's from sin. God will never tempt you to sin. You're like, why is God causing me to do that? That's not from God, folks. That's from you or um, or from Satan. That's your own fleshly, sinful or, um, old man desire that we're always fighting. It is not from God. God does not know evil. He cannot. He can't even stand to look at sin. That's why he can't look at us until we have that imputed righteousness from Jesus. He can't even stand to look at you. But when you do have that blood, that blood covering, he sees you like he sees his son. He sees that righteousness, that in you. It's that imputed thing. It's that pardon that says. God can look at me because my sin is paid for. It's the pardon. I always picture Jesus holding the pardon in front of me because I'm not holding it. It's not anything I did. He's holding the pardon in front of Jeremy that says, look, he's, his, his sins are paid for and God can look at me as righteous. And so that's a good passage out of James just identifying the negative sense. The source of the uh, parosmos, the, the uh, temptation, is from Satan. It results in sin, ruin, and death. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Satan is always want watching you. You know, that uh, Satan cannot be everywhere, but he's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. If you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ today, he has a file on you. And he knows what gets to you. He knows what will cause you to stumble. And, he, and he's, he's had all these years of human behavior. And so he's learned. He can read the Bible. He, he knows what's in the Bible. And, and he agrees with our statement of faith. But what's the difference? He doesn't uh, apply it to his life. He doesn't apply it for good. But he's been watching humans for centuries, and he knows what will make us stumble. And so he's a very wise adversary. That's why we go to the Lord. 
Um, I, I, always, I, would, I would always caution that to pray for your own power against Satan, because I'm going to tell you folks, we don't have it. I always pray in the Lord, that the Lord would help me in my time of trouble, that the Lord would protect me from the, uh, from the wiles of the devil, from, that the Lord would uh, uh, quench any of the arrows, any of the uh, uh, awful uh, things that Satan could do to me. I pray in the power of Jesus Christ to help me and to cover me and to protect me. And so here Peter is talking about always crouching, always waiting, always looking to trip you up. Oh, Jeremy's doing that, and bam! He's got a file on you, folks. He knows what gets to you. He knows your weak spots. And sometimes your strength is your weak spot. It's when you're most vulnerable. You know what? I got this. Man, I, I don't need any help. I can do this. That's when Satan strikes. He will get you in your pride. First John 2.16, First John 2.16, also in the negative sense of the word parosmos. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The source here of the parosmos is solely from our own sin, our, our old man within us, and results in sin, ruin, and death. It comes from lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. You don't need Satan to sin, folks. You don't, you don't need any persecution whatsoever. That can all come um, out of our own. And if you read the book of Revelation, the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ, there's going to be people thrown in the lake of hell, or the lake of fire and hell, after the thousand-year reign of Christ. Why? You know, because there's going to be people, there's going to be human beings that will make it through, through the tribulation period, and they're going to be saved, and they're going to make it into the thousand-year reign of Christ. But they're going to have babies, and those babies are not going to be saved. And uh, the Satan is put in chains. He's no longer rolling around the earth. There is no, no, no adversary of the devil in that thousand-year reign of Christ. But guess what? People are still sinning. People are still doing the wrong thing. And I think, you know, well, why? Um, I always ask the question, why? Why, does, you know, why is this done? I think it's to prove that, you know what? All right, sin, uh, you can't say that the devil you know, made you do it during that thousand-year reign of Christ. It's to prove that your own sin nature will cause you to sin. And so we see that the lust of the flesh, of the eyes, the pride of life, in the negative sense, that is a temptation. So how do we overcome trials and temptations? The answer is simple, by holding in your heart the Word of God. That is what Jesus did. That's the simple answer, folks. Psalm 119, 9 through 12. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word, which my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes by keeping the word of God in your heart and doing it, not just listening, but doing. Not just observing, but observing to do. 
Uh, I think a good example here is Matthew 4, 1 through 11. I think it's really important here to make the point that I think a lot of people think that temptation is sin, and it ain't. Uh, temptation is not sin. We're all going to feel though, those temptations. But it's what you do with that temptation will determine whether it results in sin or not. How do we know that, Pastor? Because Jesus was tempted. And we know that Jesus is sinless, right? But he was tempted. The Bible says so in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. In fact, in verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus was led by the Spirit, that's referring to the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit, upon orders of God the Father, leads God the Son and says, Come here, I want to lead you to the devil to be tempted. That's, that's God. Why, why is he doing this? We'll, we'll, end, uh, we'll read that here shortly. So this is a record of testing of Jesus so that we may know his sinlessness. This is a record so we may know that Jesus was tested in every way that we are. Is a testing from God for our good. It was an example so that we would know the sinlessness of Jesus, and we would know that he suffers and is tempted in every way like we are. Hebrews 4.16 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was all, in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus passed every single test. It says here in verse 2 of Matthew 4, 1 through 11, After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he finally became hungry. Does anybody get hangry? I do. I get hangry bad. It's awful. Don't be around me if I haven't eaten in, in, uh, and I start getting the jitters and I can feel the low blood sugar in my body and I get really, uh, uh, really cantankerous. And I, I, when I feel it coming, I'm like, I need to eat. We have to stop and I need to get something to eat because I'm going to be a jerk here in about an hour if, if we don't get something to eat. And so, uh, you know, that's just after, you know, 10 hours of, of a not eating. Shame on me. Jesus, uh, Jesus didn't eat for, for 40 days and 40 nights. He finally became hungry. That's when Satan uh, will, uh, will try and uh, uh, hit you. Like, man, Jeremy's being a big jerk because he hasn't ate anything. I'm going to hit him with this now. Bam! God, er, er, he sees us. He knows our... He knows our, our, our weaknesses. The devil's just waiting. He's prowling, waiting to ruin your witness. Verse 3, Then the tempter came, Since you are the Son of God, he said, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, Jesus says, It is written, One must not live on bread alone, but on every word coming out of the mouth of God. So Jesus is, is essentially quoting himself to fight temptation. He quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. It says, He humbled you, causing you to be hungry, yet He fed you with manna that neither you nor your ancestors had known, in order to teach you that human beings are not to live by food alone. Instead, human beings are to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. It's right here, folks. And we have the benefit of the New Testament. We have the full counsel of God right here. Again, I think uh, last, uh, last week or two, the, uh, the writers of the New Testament, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they're preaching and teaching out of the Old Testament. They're drawing doctrine and drawing information out of the Old Testament. 
They're leading people to Christ through the Old Testament. And Jesus here, essentially, I say, quoting himself, quotes Deuteronomy 8. He's fighting temptation with the Word of God. See what else happened here. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He told Jesus, since you are the Son of God, throw yourself down because it is written, God will put his angels in charge of you. Guess what? Satan knows the Bible too. And Satan says, oh, the Bible says, Jesus, that God will put angels in charge of you. Satan knows the Bible. He knows every word. In fact, I would, I would say that he knows it better than you do. Because he, he's had hundreds and hundreds of years to read it. If I had hundreds and hundreds of years to read the Bible, I would, could probably quote it, the whole Bible, without even looking in it. But I'm thankful that uh, my wife bought me a new Bible this, this, uh, this, uh, this, this uh, Saturday. She didn't know it because she was sitting in the car sleeping. And, but uh, she, she got me a Bible for my birthday. It's got the little thumb things on it to help me find, uh, find those chapters that I'm looking for. But um, yeah, we, you know, we have the Word, but Satan probably has got it all memorized. Absolutely. He, he says, oh, oh, oh Jesus, God will put angels in charge of you, and with their hands they will hold you up so that you will never hit your foot against the rock. Psalm 91, 9-12 uh, alludes to that. Lord, you are my refuge because you chose the Most High as your dwelling place. No evil will fall upon you and no affliction will approach your tent. For he will command his angels to protect you in all your ways. With their hands they will lift you up so you will not trip over a stone. So Satan's quoting God. Hey, it says here in Psalm that you'll be taken care of, Jesus. Just throw yourself. Jesus responded to him. It is also written, you must not tempt the Lord your God. That's from Deuteronomy 6.16. It says, don't test the Lord your God. He's quoting himself again. Don't tempt the Lord your God. And we learned about that last week, didn't we? Verse 8, once more the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world along with their splendor. He told Jesus, I will give you all these things if you bow down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, because it is written, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Again, Jesus is quoting himself in Deuteronomy 10:20. He says, you are, the, you are to fear the Lord your God and serve him, cling to him, and swear by his name. So the devil left him, and the angels came and began ministering to him. This last part here is like, What do you mean? Did, didn't Jesus have a, a title and ownership to that already? Yes, he did, but he, uh, uh, Satan was like, hey, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to do that. Satan reads the Old Testament. He knows that, he must, that the Messiah must die. He knows that that needs to happen. But Satan says, you know what? You don't have to do that. If you just bow down to me, I will give you everything that is essentially yours anyways. You don't have to go do that. You don't have to go pay for their sins. So the devil left him, and the angels came and began ministering to him. He was tempted in every way, wasn't he? But he never did sin. Jesus answered temptation from Satan with the word of God. And so the question I have here is, what is your verse? What's your life verse to fight temptation? Jesus had, had, had some life verses. He had the old the whole Old Testament, essentially. 
This is life verse. But what's your life verse? Do you have life verse? If you don't have a life verse, you need to have one by, by end of business today. What is your life verse? But, I, you know, I like to ask questions of the, uh, when there's stories in the Bible, and, you know, especially uh, the, the one posed uh, itself here. Why did the Holy Spirit do this to begin with? Why did he lead Jesus to be tempted? Hebrews 5, 8 through 9, and I'm sorry, did, did I write that in there? Okay, Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles there real quick. Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Why did this happen? Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Hebrews 5, 8 through 9. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered, and being made perfect, became the author of eternal salvation unto all of them that obey him. He did it for us. The Holy Spirit led Jesus on, on, on command of the Father to be tempted. He did that for us. Because if Jesus sins once in that temptation, then guess what? The substitution means nothing. A sinful man dies for nobody except himself. He did that for us so that Jesus would be made perfect, the perfect, ideal God-man that could die on the cross at one time in history, in A.D. 32, for all of the sins, all future, or past, present, and future sins. That's why he did it, folks, because he loves us. Jesus promised to us. But first I want to uh, read Matthew 6.13 because you've, uh, sometimes it's, it's, it's the Lord's Prayer. I think it's more, it's more the disciples' prayer. Uh, you see in, in different passages where uh, Jesus is uh, praying to God, you know, and so Jesus is, uh, is a Lord. But it's called the Lord's Prayer, so we're going to go with it. So Matthew 6.13, please turn your Bibles there, please. Matthew 6.13. And we're all, we're all familiar with the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 13. But specifically, what is it saying here? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What's that, what's that saying? Is it, are we praying that God doesn't deliver us into evil situations, because that's what he does? Well, no, that's not what we're praying. If you read that, what it's saying, uh, um, again, you have to go to the Greek, but forgive us, uh, I'm sorry, lead us not into temptation. It's saying, please help me. It's a cry to please, Lord, help me in these temptations, in these trials, so they don't lead to sin. Because you, you can take a uh, testing from God, and if you choose the wrong path, it will also lead to sin. But that wasn't God's original plan. What if... What if uh, 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 God led uh, uh, Joseph uh, to go through all those trials, and then, and then Joseph said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and sleep with Potiphar's wife, because that's the easy way out. That would have been sin, and that would ruin his witness, and God probably would not have been able to use him to build a nation. Remember, that was God's testing. But Joseph prevailed, and I imagine that Joseph had a life verse too. He's a very strong man. He was able to endure all of that. 
A lot of horrible things happened to him. I mean, uh, how can that be of God? To be thro- thrown into a hole, so, um, uh, sold to the Arabs, get stuck in a prison in, in, in uh, Egypt. And then once I get to a, to a position that's seemingly um, good for me, I got this woman who's chasing me around every day who wants me to commit adultery. Why? And so, we, with that prayer, that prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's really the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Praying, Lord, help me. I don't want anything to happen to me that, that will lead into sin. That's the promise, or that's the prayer. The promise, or the answer, is given to us in 1 Corinthians 10.13. Jesus says, no, no temptation has overtaken you that is unusual for human beings. But God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength. That's the promise. That's the answer to prayer in in 613 in the Lord's Prayer. Instead, along with temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you will be able to endure it. This uh, This word temptation here, is that it's a testing, it's a trial. It's a testing from God. It's a, temp, it's a, along with the testing from God, he will also provide a way out so that you will be able to endure it. If this, it's not a testing, and it's from Satan or from yourself, that's not from God. And you can go to him for help in that if you realize, hey, you know what, I've been sinning, I need to stop this. But this is, a, this is referring to a testing from God, to a test or, or a proof or a trial. He provides a way out. So he provided a way out for Joseph. What is the way out? One answer. Endurance. You've got to have faith, folks. You've got to endure. That's the only way you get through the trial. It doesn't just get magically um, taken away. I, I mean, sometimes it does, but most of the time... It's for, it, I mean, it'll be there. You have to get through it. It's enduring it. That's the answer. Enduring the trial. Enduring the, the test that God has given you. And that's what Jesus did. He endured the temptation. He endured the testing. How did he, how did he do that? By quoting himself. Quoting uh, Bible verses, life verses. No one can escape trials and temptations because it is common to man. The most spiritual person can mess up and be subjected to a time of trial or temptation. But God will not allow the believer to be tempted or tried above what you are able to, uh, uh, to bear it. That's for the believer, folks. When a believer is tempted or tried, God will provide a path to overcome the trial or temptation so you can overcome it. God is faithful in doing this. He's not going to leave you out hanging, folks. He's made a promise to you, and he will never, ever break that. The Lord is very aware of temptations that we all face. He's endured them through through his Son. He knows what it feels like. He is not detached from our events. He knows exactly how we feel. Through his Holy Spirit, we can overcome whatever comes against us. That's where the power comes from, folks. Again, if you don't have God, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's hard, it's tough. You, you probably won't get over it. 
So how do I endure it then? Endure parasmos, that's in a negative sense. I, I thought this was a good opportunity to uh, talk about. Uh, there's, there's six things I want to talk about here, but I want to, uh, after that, I want to I talk about the armor of God. Why is the armor of God there? You know, we, you know, we picture Paul in chains looking at a, a, a Roman soldier, but actually, you know, remember, Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. It, I mean, you can read the, the cross-reference passage in Isaiah. I, in Isaiah, it talks about the armor of God. And I think that's what, what uh, I think that uh, Paul was, re, that was going back to is what Isaiah was talking about, but also making a correlation, again, to the Roman soldier. And so uh, methods to meet temptation. We're going to cover these six and then go to the armor of God. So with rejoicing, we already kind of talked about that. With rejoicing, with joy. It's, it's, uh, it's a hard thing to do, folks, um, but it's, you know, I just do it out of, out of habit. I don't feel it. It's like forgiveness. You're supposed to forgive because that's a command, right? You may not feel it right away, but eventually that will come. The emotional forgiving will come as well. But you forgive and have that heart of forgiveness, and the emotions will start to catch up with you. Or love. You are commanded to love. You choose to love your wife or your husband. We learned about that at the marriage retreat. You may not feel it, but you do it. And I'm going to tell you, if, if you do it, it gets easier to get to that emotional, that true, genuine, yeah, I love my spouse. And I feel it. And I want to do for her, do, do for him that edifies her, that edifies him. And so I look at this too, like how do I find joy and rejoicing in trouble? And I, I've, uh, I've forced myself, I'm going to tell you folks, I don't feel it right away. I'm still in that learning for my emotional uh, emotions to catch up with what I say. When something bad happens in, in my life, I just say, praise the Lord, this is awesome. I don't know why, but it's awesome. And I just, I try and get myself in that mindset. So on my emotions, I got to tell you, it's always worked out. I can remember one time we had a drunk driver. He was uh, uh, drunk and he was huffing and he uh, drove off the highway there and drove all the way down to our house from Highway 93 in, on, on the Bay Shore through, through our fence. And thank goodness I, I had made a humongous um, a pile of snow from, from the winter and it slowed down his vehicle a lot. But he still hit the corner of our garage and, and then hit the one car there, which then hit the other car. And it was a big mess. And the one time I'm not at home and, and my wife had, had to deal with this. And that's, a, that's another story. It's really good. Anyways, but that's not the point. And so we, um, we had to de deal with this. I'm like... Why is this happening? And just, you know what? Pra praise the Lord. I don't know what's going to happen, but praise the Lord. And so they, they ended up giving us way more money th than that Buick LeSabre was worth. They gave us like $6,000 for a Buick LeSabre, you know, that I could buy on the market for like maybe two. And I asked them once, I said, are you sure that's the right number? And they said, yes. I'm like, okay, I'll send the check here. And we were able to get Michelle a vehicle that she really, really wanted. And so, man, so now I'm like, hey, I hope so, you know, that'd be awesome if it happened again. Um, but, 
it's that, it's that pain of going through it. But just, man, just say. When something bad happens, just, you know what? Just say it. Verbalize it. Praise the Lord. This is awesome. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work out, and I just got to trust that good things will happen. And guess what? Your, your heart starts to catch up. And God will take care of you. Awesome things happen after that. God, God uses that. And you, you just rejoice in it. Say, you know, all right, let's, let's wait and see. So with rejoicing. To a responsibility to endure. We have a responsibility to endure. You can't give up. You can't stop hoping. Uh, number three, be, be in prayer. Claim Matthew 16 or 6.13, and lead us not into temptation. Lord, help me. Help me to not overcome and do sin from my own devices because of this problem, because of this trial or, or this temptation. Help me to react to this in a positive way. Pray. We pray. Number four, sometimes, folks, you've got to run. You've got to flee. Flee the temptations. Uh, the next verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 14. It says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Sometimes you've got to be a Joseph, and you've got to run out of the house without any clothes on, essentially, without his cloak. You know, he was fleeing from Potiphar's wife, who wanted him to commit adultery with, with her. And he just ran away. Sometimes Satan need, needs to see the bottom of your shoes. Running away. Flee fornication. Flee lust. Flee all those things. Just run away. Get yourself out of that situation. Five, sometimes you, you need to destroy the instrument of sin. Romans 13, 15. Let's turn there. Romans 13, 15. Romans 13, 15. Or th I'm sorry, 13.14. Sometimes you just got to destroy it, folks. Get it out of your life. I'm doing a, a sweets challenge for my class, and uh, when I started this, um, I got all the sweets and ice cream and I threw in the garbage. I got rid of all that stuff. I just wanted, I wanted to get out of my life. I wanted uh, uh, to destroy it. And so that's, sometimes you need to do that. It says, but put on, verse 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. To not make provision. If I just left a bunch of candy bars and like sweets right there, um, I look at the donuts back there and I got to buy them and I got to bring them here and it's, and it's hard to not... It's hard. And, but that's why I don't, we, we don't have any of that stuff in my house, because I know I will eat it. Sometimes you just got to get rid of it, folks. If it's causing you problems, get rid of it. I'm not against, uh, totally against Facebook. I know that there's a lot of, a lot of um, uses that, that you could do. I, I had to take it off my phone. I still have it on my computer. But I, I was wasting time on it, just you know, you know, talking to friends. Do, I'm doing this. And there's certain um, algorithm, folks. I um, I got to tell you, if you watch hunting videos, and like there there's like on those video streams, uh, those reels I think they call them. They, there's this uh, page. It's called like um, Kill Shot Central. They're awesome hunting videos. I love watching them. 
But in that same algorithm, they, I think they figure that if you like hunting, if you're a man and you like hunting, you must like, I'm, I'm looking at women too. And alongside, it'd be hunting video, a woman. Hunting video, hunting video, a woman. And I finally ha had to take it off. And so I just find another way to watch those hunting videos. But it, it was in, it just in my face every single time. And, and that's why I deleted it, because I'd have to, I'm constantly doing this. Like, no, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch the hunting video where, where the elk gets smoked on the side of the hill. But folks, sometimes you just got to get rid of it. You got to get it out of your system or get it out of your life. Number six, fellowship with good company. People who love the Lord. If you fellowship with, uh, with, uh, with uh, people who like the, uh, uh, the sin of the flesh, who like um, doing those um, things that, that will ruin you, if you have a problem with alcohol or drugs, or if you have a problem with some kind of gambling uh, or, or any kind of addiction, or if you have a, 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 pro a certain problem with sin, if you hang around people who are doing that, you're going to do it. Hang around people that are good for you. That's why church is so important. That's another reason why, why church is so important. It's important to be together in the Word, fellowshipping, eating meat to, uh, together, having breakfast in the morning. Accountability partners. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.22. 2 Timothy 2.22. I just love these tabs. It's great. 2 Timothy 2.22. Quarter till already. Look at that. Second Timothy two twenty two. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. With those people, with them that call out to the name of the Lord with a pure heart. That's another way to help you through through these times. Be open. Share. Say, hey man, I'm struggling with this. Or hey, I just want to be with you because I need to, to, uh, to, to, get, to get out of this environment or to stop dealing with this. I need to be around people who are accountable to the Lord so I can be accountable to the Lord. Choose, choose your company, folks. You gotta choose, choose, it's just choosing good friends. If you choose bad friends who are doing bad things, you're, you're going to get sucked in. We do not have time to go through the, the uh, armor of the Lord. Maybe we'll do that next week, or um, I'm not sure. But there's a handout. I know it's used for Sunday school for kids. I just love this. This is awesome. Um, Sword of the Lord. Get into that, folks. That's your. I guess that's your homework for today. I want to close on having a life verse. Where does resisting temptation start or getting through a trial that God has given to you where does that start? Again, it's what I mentioned or talked about before. It starts with a life verse. A life verse. How did Daniel get through all of his problems? And, and there was a lot thrown at Daniel, including lions. Daniel 1.8 says, be, uh, uh, Daniel determined within himself not to become defiled. He determined within himself. Daniel had life verses. That's how he got through all of this. I want to show you my, my life verse, uh, Joshua 1, uh, 7 through 8. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do, I love that term, observe to do, according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it uh, to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. If, do you like to have good, good success in life? I do. Final life verse. Would you like to have God make your way prosperous? I do. Find that life verse. <clears throat> Psalm 119.11. I like this one too, and then we'll uh, have our last song. I have stored what you have said in my heart so I won't sin against you. You've got to have that in your heart before you meet, meet that trial or that temptation. When you're, when you're trying to figure out finances and you've got a big old a blown up... Uh, uh, a budget. That's not the time to go looking for a life verse, folks. You need to have that in your heart beforehand. Determine that you will not let that get you down. Determine that you will get through it, and you will be edified by it, and you will learn by it. On the negative side, if you're being tempted by, by, uh, um, uh, by adultery, or addiction, or some kind of sin, that's not the time to be finding a life verse. Boy, Boy, I've, I've got um, I, um, I got this big old hunting trip in front of me, but but it requires me to uh, skip church um, uh, for the next month. Um, I, I wonder if there's a life verse for that. Let me let me check. No, you have that before. Like, well, let me check my life verse. Yeah, nope. As much as I want to, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Or yeah, uh, as much as I want to, um, you know, uh, uh, try try and avoid this. And I know it's sin. And I know it's bad. That's not the time to be looking for your life first, folks. That will protect you. That, that will keep you in the counsel of the Lord. Respond to that like Jesus did. You know, as it is written, and then quote your life first. So have a life first. I hope everybody has one. If you don't, maybe, and you don't even have to remember the, the book or the chapter or the verse. All those chapters and verses came after the fact, folks. That wasn't in the original Greek, Greek and Hebrew. Just say, you know what, I know it's in the Bible somewhere. It says, blah, blah, blah. That could be your life verse. Put it in your heart. Get a short one so you don't have to constantly try to remember it. <laughs> That's for me anyways. Life verse, folks. Let's go ahead and uh, close in the uh, song here. All right, so we did. We kind of called an audible, audible this morning. We had a different song planned for closing, but there's a song that we uh, that we do once in a while called the Lord's Prayer that seemed kind of fitting for the message today. So, please join us. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done On earth as in heaven Right here in my heart Father, let your kingdom come Father, let your will be done On earth as in heaven Right here in my heart 
give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, forgive us, as we forgive the ones who sinned against us. Forgive them and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let your kingdom come, Father, let your kingdom come, Father, let your will be done, on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us, forgive us, we forgive the ones who sinned against us, forgive them. Us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let your kingdom come. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours. The kingdom, the power, the glory are yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours. Forever and ever, the kingdom is yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours. The kingdom, the power, the glory are yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours. Forever and ever, the kingdom is yours. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. My heart. Lord, I, I just, uh, what a wonderful message, and thank you for that song. Right here in our heart, that's where it starts, folks. you got a purpose here. We're going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer, and then we're just going to, um, I want to do this huddle right away, so I honor your time, because I I, it seems like we get busy talking, me, me included, between the, uh, um, between the time. So we'll just uh, go into the uh, quick huddle right after prayer. If you need to leave, that's okay. Uh, we'll just, I, I just want to talk about this, uh, this possible building. So let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just thank you for giving us the word to put in our heart. Lord, we are so blessed and just privileged to have your word, to have the full counsel of the Lord. We can find it on a computer, on our phone. There's so many different uh, Bibles out there. They're wonderful tools, Lord. We live in a world of technology that just offers us so much information about your word. We're so thankful for that, Lord. But uh, Lord, I would ask that we apply that. We would observe to do in our heart, that we would meditate upon your word, that we would apply that. Lord, I pray that today's uh, message was a good, uh, a good uh, uh, one for applying uh, those tools, those things we need to employ in order, in order to overcome uh, the positive side of those trials and, uh, and proofs and tests, but also the negative side uh, of, the tr- of the temptations that, uh, uh, we, that are all beset us, Lord. We all, uh, we all feel those, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for this message. May uh, we apply what we have learned today in our lives, Lord, uh, but also to be a good witness to others so that we may win some for you, Lord. Lord, that is our, that is our number one goal. 
to fulfill the Great Commission, to bring others to you, Lord. And however you deem to use us, Lord, we submit to you and we purpose in our heart to do what you would have us do for you. Lord, I just thank you for the, all the servant leaders here. I thank you for this church, Lord, all the people that uh, serve in various different ways. And sometimes you may not see what they're, that they're doing, Lord, but, but you see, Lord, and we just trust that um, you are working in everybody's heart in this church. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen.